Welcome, everyone, to episode 312 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. I'm Corey. Uh, no Eric currently, but I do believe he's planning on joining us before too long. He had a, a work gathering that he was going to be getting home late from, so he should be joining us, I guess, at any point. Um, so we'll just invite him in when he, when he gets done. Our topic for today, uh, if you didn't catch it on our Facebook page, was it facebook.com slash thumbstick athletes? That is indeed the URL. Okay. Um, Corey and Will were able to try some VR, so they're going to be sharing their experience with VR uh, for the main main segment for, for today's episode. Does anyone have anything they want to tease other than trying VR? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I've got Turns some teasers. <laughs> I've got some teasers. I played uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, so I'll talk about that. And I also tried some of the first pack of the Breath of the Wild DLC. Okay. So I will talk about that, too. My experience with that thus far. Uh, during what what I played. So, What's uh, that without, DLC called again? Uh, Trials, Ma- Trials of the Sword, or tri- Master's Master Trial of the Sword. Something like that. I wrote it down. Master Sword Trials? The tri- It's the Trial of the Sword. The Trial of the Sword. Okay. Yep. That's what it's called. So, I experienced a couple parts of that, not the whole thing. Um, so I'll talk about what I played of it so far. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into the main main segment. Uh, tell us about VR. First of all, what what uh, where were you that you were able to experience VR? Then you can get right into the experience itself. Well, Will and I shared a mutual vacation this past week. Uh, not this past week. Uh, last week. In Edmonton, Alberta, visiting our sister and her new husband. Congrats to them for Ooh, officially yes. officially tying the knot. Uh, so, yeah, we, we did a bunch of things out there. But one of them was trying virtual reality for the first time. And I was kind of excited. So before we went, I was looking at things to do in Edmonton. And this one place came up called The Rec Room. And I guess it's a franchise but I think this one in Edmonton is Canada's first. Uh, what it is is it's essentially like a Dave and Buster's, I guess, would be the best thing to compare it to. It's it's an adult arcade, and if you have kids there, they have to be accompanied by an adult. So nice. there's a level of maturity there you don't get in most arcades. Although I did probably see a lot more kids than I did adults, and I didn't see any adults at the bar either. Well, yeah, help me out on that. But. Yeah, there was a lot of kids, and I don't remember seeing anybody at the bar. Yeah, but it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too crowded for a Saturday afternoon when yeah. we went, right? Yeah, no, like a hot day. The place was air-conditioned and everything like that. Nobody yeah. was there, really. Yeah, so uh, I saw that the rec room had VR, and I know there's places around me to try VR, but I just thought what a great first time to try VR is in Edmonton, Alberta. So we did end up going to the rec room. Um, it was $13 for a half an hour. 
13 Canadian dollars, which in my opinion is a pretty good price. Yeah. How, what does that transla- translate to American right now? Is it about the same? Probably no, like... 10 maybe. Ten dollars of a difference. Yeah, I think a dollar fifty American is a dollar Canadian. Okay, or, I knew I'm the, sorry, a dollar fifty Canadian is a dollar American. I knew the currencies were close for a little while, but yeah, so it's ten. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so I think that's a pretty good price to try VR yeah. for the first time. Definitely. Uh, so we got right in and went to the the VR area, and I talked to the guy, and I was like, I'm not really sure what to play. None of the games really jumped out at me. There were a few names I recognized. The, which none of them are coming to me right now. But one he said was really good was Arizona Sunshine, which is one I had heard of before. Um, so I talked to him a little bit about it, and I told him I was worried about motion sickness, because uh-huh. I was. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, some games are better than others, and we do have a problem with some people with that. And I was like, well, like, what do you recommend? And he's like, I would just recommend trying the best VR game we have which in, in this guy's opinion was Arizona Sunshine. But I was a little bit nervous. Uh, so he mentioned some other one that I forget the name of. It was some World War II sniper game. Uh-huh. So I said, all right, I'll try that one for the first time. And Will, I don't know what you, what did you settle on? I don't even know the name of the game you played. Brookhaven Experiment. Brookhaven Experiment. Do you recognize the name of that one, Dan? No, doesn't okay. sound familiar. So we paid up front, uh, and then we were going to do multiplayer, but the guy also I talked to also said that none of the multiplayer games were very good. Turns out he was lying to me, because uh, Arizona Sunshine did have multiplayer, and it turned out I really liked it, but I'm jumping ahead a little bit. So I started off with that World War II sniper game, uh, being worried about motion sickness, and I asked the guy, once I finally got the headset on and everything, uh, I asked the guy, like, what should I do? Should I do the campaign? Uh, which mode should I pick? And he's like, well, I would just pick Rush. So, first of all, it was the HTC Vive. Uh-huh. Um, strapped the helmet on me. with the. They did have the overhead, like, cords and everything, so I didn't have to worry about tripping over cords. It was just in, like, an open area, and I knew I had enough real estate to, like, move around. Um, so I get the headset on. I really, really struggled. My sister took a lot of videos of both of us, but I really struggled at first to get the hang of everything. And I don't know the name of the HTC Vive controller. Do you off the top of your head? I'll look it up. Yeah, we should know. It's not, at least in my opinion, Will, it's not very intuitive at all. No, I didn't really think it was either. The control, like the buttons set up is pretty, pretty bad. Right. It's not. I mean, I get that it's it's virtual reality and it's not, you know. I wouldn't want to just hold a controller, but it's just, I think it's so far from that, that it just took me so long to get used to. And there's like a, it's called a grip button or something where you squeeze. And I just could not get my hands in a position to where that squeeze was simple for me. Like I was always twisting my hand a little bit and trying to squeeze to get it just right. Yeah. Um, so I even struggled to get through the menus. It's kind of like the old PlayStation demo discs, except in virtual reality, you get in. And I think it was through Steam. Um, cause I got steam notifications while I was playing when other people in the rec room were also playing. So you're kind of scrolling through the games and choosing it. And the way you choose it is you grab this cube and then throw it into this like portal. And that's how you choose your game. And I struggled to get that done. Like that took me <laughs> five of my 30 minutes just to do that. Um, so once I got in there, he told me to do what's called rush mode, which is like horde mode. And I was just in a room with a bunch of crates 
and I couldn't figure out how to reload my gun. And he was the guy was telling me how, but a I didn't understand him. Uh, B I couldn't hear him. And once I finally heard him and understood what he was saying, I was unable to do it in the game. So I just kept dying over and over again as soon as my guns were out of ammo. So I wasted probably 10 minutes just trying to get the hang of that. I finally got the hang of it at the end. And what you had to do is you you held the controller in each hand. And when you ran out of ammo, the clip just appeared in front of you. And you had to just set your gun over the clip to reload. Uh-huh. But if you don't do it in the right spot, uh, it doesn't do it. And again, there's not... I don't know, maybe there should have been better indication of that. I don't know. I just, I really struggled with the, the controller aspect of it. Um, so after about 10 minutes of that, I was like, all right, I'm done. No more. I'm going to, I want to play something else. Uh, did not have any issues with motion sickness, but again, in that one, I was just turning my head around and, and looking at these guys with crates and shooting at them. And I was doing the, uh, cause I, you could pick up the sniper rifle, but I didn't think that made sense. There were submachine guns. So I picked up one in each hand and I was doing the, you know, one to the left, one to the right, and just like spraying bullets, trying to hit the guys nice. in the helmets. Um, but my first thought was like, "Whoa, this is this is pretty cool." Um, even though I was really struggling with the controls, I I was almost instantly a believer. I'm like, "This is awesome!" Just the idea of looking up and looking down and looking all around. Uh, but then I switched to Arizona Sunshine. But before I get into that, Will, do you want to jump in with your my, setup my and everything? Initial- yeah. yeah, so same thing as you, actually. Uh, I didn't have as much trouble setting up as you, but I did have some trouble. Um, you know, the person was giving me directions, and my hearing isn't great to begin with, let alone a huge headset over my head. Um, I literally could not hear what he was telling me what to do, but I eventually kind of figured out that you had to grab the cube uh, and put it into, like, some whatever it was to get the yeah. game started. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. It felt it felt weird because I'm trying to read like the stuff that was on the VR screen in front of me and it was just so like I don't know if I just didn't have it on right or I wasn't looking into it correct. You know how like when you're looking at 3D uh, on the 3DS like sometimes it looks like you can't really read what it says because you're not looking into it, right? Yeah. It's I almost kinda... like looking at one of those old uh what do they call them? optical illusion things where you have to like stare at it and twist your eyes a little bit to see the image pop out. Yep. That was literally exactly how I felt trying to read what was on the screen. I honestly couldn't read anything that was on the screen. Even when I was playing Brookhaven experiment, uh, like fit, like choosing the name of my gun and stuff. No clue what it was, what it said. Yeah. I Um, wonder how much of that is like calibration. I don't know what sort of, calibration stuff goes on because i was thinking about like when you wear eyeglasses you need to know your optical distance which is the distance between your pupil and the actual glasses right dan and if that's not set appropriately it has something to do with your nose too like where the glasses sit on your eye are you you talking about pupillary distance yeah that might be it that's the distance between your your pupils so yeah if 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 it's too far then your eyes are going to be focused out instead of like where they should be ahead yeah so maybe that has something to do, but again, I'm not really sure how those things are calibrated. The thing was really just strapped to my head and the headphones were put on, uh, which is another thing I was kind of nervous about, like getting pink eye and stuff. You hear all those horror stories, lice, finding fecal matter and lice (laughs) and what other horrible diseases, hepatitis and stuff. They, they swabbed on used, uh, movie theater 
3D headsets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just disgusting yeah. stuff. But go ahead, Will. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. Uh, that's pretty much it. Like, you know, between not underst- or not hearing what the person was telling me, it took me a little bit to get set up. But the difference with Brookhaven Experiment was, like, I didn't have to do anything too crazy. Uh, because what that game was, was there was, like, four directions. And you could look down each direction. And you had to shoot and try and kill these, like, monsters. They're pretty much zombies that are coming at you so like you'll just get mauled by like four directions you gotta go like boom boom then look the other way kill them boom boom and then the other way and boom boom yeah Uh, and that's sort of how that was played um but when i was playing it i was a little nervous because they they had the outline of the area that i was in would show up in the vr game yeah so like I kind of knew I couldn't go too much one way or the other, but with the headset dangling above me or the the wires, because with me I had to like spin from side to side. They actually ended up getting tangled around in my head pretty good, and they actually cut the sound out about with I had like five minutes left to play. So I was playing the last five minutes with no sound. So I had no idea when I was getting attacked by by a zombie. But I was nervous because, like, it doesn't feel natural to you to be kind of hooked up to this, like, device. So, like, when I was playing before, instead of, like, having the ability to, like, jump around and look different ways, I was just twisting my body everywhere and just staying stationary. Uh, So, like, watching... I guess that was pretty funny for everybody to watch that. Yeah, there was a, a lot of struggling going on that I guess was pretty pretty entertaining for the people who were watching. I think uh-huh. our sister said I didn't even have to pay for that and it was entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> was her quote. Uh, so But yeah, so after I quickly gave up on the, the sniper game, I was like, all right, I'm gonna try this Arizona Sunshine game. The guy said it's it's really good. I'll try it. Uh but same like initially, same sort of thing. I, I was just struggling to figure everything out and I couldn't hear the guy. He was trying to help me. Uh, and I think at one point he just sort of gave up because I he stopped like talking to me, which I guess was fine. But I just wanted to get used to it before I ran out of time because I didn't want to have to pay again to play again. Um, but that game, the setup for that, I'm not even sure who you are, but you kind of wake up in a cave, uh, which is your home, I guess. You have a bunch of crap strewn about and then a head rolls in. But your guy seems sort of relaxed about it turns out he set a trap at the cave entrance for zombies uh so it was a zombie head that rolled in but um the way you move around by that is you point where you want to go and then you press a button and then it just teleports you there so you're not actually doing any walking around you're just kind of teleporting from spot to spot which i kind of liked um because there's less like motion Uh i don't know how did you move in the brookhaven experiment will uh, you didn't move. You stayed stationary. The only movement that you did was to look down each different direction. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so that's kind of how this was, except you could choose where you wanted to move. Um, and then once you were there, you could look in all different directions. Uh, so the first thing I really struggled with in that one was picking up the clip for the gun. This is before I realized you could crouch your whole body, and that would crouch you down in the game. I didn't know that like that dimension was part of virtual reality. So that was a new experience for me. But the um, pulley or whatever the, the headset was on, every time I crouched down a little bit, it would pull off my head. So the, the goggles would like flip up. So I'd be staring at the real ground trying to pick up 
the in-game item, which was a little bit frustrating. Uh, but I finally got the hang of it, and I started just like using my arm to hold it down so I could see while I was picking it up. But I mentioned struggling with the grips, so I had to pick up the clips, and I was like getting my hand on it, but I couldn't grab it because the grip buttons were just not... I just couldn't get them to work very well. That's that's the button on the side, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had a hard time with that button, too. Yeah, I never felt like it was comfortable and easy. It was always twist your hand a little bit and squeeze it really hard before it finally responds. And I'm like, Oh good. Okay. All right. Uh, so I finally got the hang of that. And then once I finally picked up my gun and left the cave, I had about 10, I got the notification for like 10 minutes left or something like that. And I was like, ah, whatever. Uh, so I finally get out there. I have to pick up the clips. I pick up the clips. I'm trying to figure out what to do with the clips. Um, for the extra ammo. Turns out I just needed to bring them to my chest and that would put them in my bandolier or whatever you want to call it. So I loaded up on clips. The first zombie started coming at me. Uh, This was a little bit easier for me to shoot. And once I got the hang of that, it was pretty easy, but I realized it was a lot easier to wait for the zombies to come to me. And then as soon as they were right in front of me, I just looked down the site and pop them in the head. Um, So I got the hang of that and then I got the hang of moving and doing it. So I was getting pretty good at that point with about five minutes to go. And uh, I started to really, really enjoy it in those last five minutes. There were all these abandoned cars on the, the, this highway, this overpass uh, highway. And I was just, the zombies were coming from all directions and I was just standing there and just waiting for them to get really close. And I was popping them in the head. And then like a pile of zombies would, would just wrap around me. It was pretty cool, but you're constantly looking for items and ammunition and stuff. And that was probably my favorite part was just walking up to the cars, opening the car doors, poking my head in and looking around to see if there's anything in there. And then uh, same with the trunks. And this one time I opened up the trunk and there were some bottles and cans in there, and I was picking up the bottles and throwing them with the controller and then shooting them in midair. And that was the moment for me where I was, like, really sold. I'm like, this is awesome. And I think that picture I posted um, for the episode on our Facebook is me having that moment. Um, Because that's the only time I really remember smiling and being like, yeah, (laughs) it was when I was picking those up and throwing them and shooting them. Um, So... The thing that killed my very last death in that game was I was waiting for the zombies to come up to me and just shooting them in the head. And um, the last zombie to kill me ran up to me and it was behind me. So I like turned around and she had like a biker helmet on. So I wasn't prepared for that because I was just shooting at the helmet. And then she killed me. And then my time was up. But uh, I had a really good time. I don't I don't know about you, Will. You can continue. Yeah, it seems like you picked a better game than I did. Not that Brookhaven Experiment wasn't like fun uh i think you just picked a one of the better like vr games out there because a lot of that experience that you had wasn't there because with uh-huh. me um it was i played in three different areas so the first one was i was outside looking in the, all the different directions and shooting the zombies um and then the second one was inside a house and then the third one was inside a lab so like the lab area was pretty cool because instead of there just being four pathways, like some of the zombies were crawling on the the floor next to where I was, like down a level, so I could aim down and shoot them. Because how I had it set up was my left hand was my gun that I would use, and I picked an Uzi, and I ended up getting pretty good with the Uzi. Like my first round or two, like I was shooting at twenty percent, and by the end of the game, I was shooting sixty percent of my bullets were hitting the zombies. 
Um, so that was like, it was pretty cool. And I tried out a pistol and I just got it handed to me. Uh, the pistol did not do a good enough job. Uh, and then my right hand was a like machete blades type thing. So when they got close to me, I just started stabbing them as crazily as I could. So that, that was pretty cool too. And I also had a flashlight attachment on my Uzi. So I at least had a little bit of light cause I did sacrifice using a flashlight for my left or my right hand. But yeah, like a lot of that movement stuff wasn't in there and I couldn't go around and pick up stuff or maybe you could and I just didn't really figure out how to do it. Um, It was cool and everything, but like I said, my biggest deterrence to VR was the graphical capability. I just like, I kind of, as I said, it gives me the headache looking into the, the, the muffled screen. Yeah, I could see that. And again, I wonder how much of that comes down to whatever calibration or whatever they had going on. Uh, I didn't feel like it was, I mean, it's in their best interest to make the experience the best for the player, but I didn't feel like that that's what they were doing. You know, it was kind of just like strap lazy, them in. Yeah, it's lazy, strap them in. Like, here you go, go ahead and play. Oh, your time's up. Thanks. Um, so I don't know. I think like a home version of it would be a lot better. Uh, granted a lot more expensive but probably um, yeah yeah and i'm i'm uh i'm with you the the graphical capabilities aren't great but again it's like virtual reality and i kind of wanted to go ahead what did you did you experience the screen door effect at all like could you tell like see pixels or anything on the on the headset (sighs) i noticed something i don't know if that's what it was uh, I, I, it's hard for me to put my finger on it. Uh-huh. Something did seem a little off, but you, you kind of forgive it just because of the reality for lack of a better word that you're in. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but I was going to say, like, I kept wanting to, it was also very immersive for me. I kept wanting to kick things and like do things that would have no impact on the game. You know, like I wanted to throw my controller, like throw my gun. at I don't know, just stuff. You have that impulse and you have to make that separation because that's how immersive it is was which, for me anyway. Which is why I chose the blade for my right hand because like when I would turn and a zombie was right on me and I would go, ah! and like <laughs> I'd, I'd swing my arm at it repeatedly to try and kill it because like I would do that in real life. So. Yeah, I would not want to play a horror game in VR. It would probably be pretty scary. Yeah, it got pretty dark in that laboratory, and all I had was this stupid little flashlight on my Uzi that didn't really light up anything. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh my god, where are these things coming from? <laughs> but I had no issue with, with motion sickness, so not even a hair. Like I didn't experience any ill side effects, so I guess that's a good sign. Um, I wasn't playing anything that would really test that, I guess. But, uh, the fact that I, I didn't experience anything at all, I think is a, is a good sign. Yeah. Do you think if you did like a piloting game or maybe like a racing game or American truck simulator or something like that, you might get motion sickness. It'd be interesting to see. I, I wonder how much of it is because like, because you're all in it, it wouldn't be as bad as if, you know, you're, you're sitting in a car and things are passing you by and things are still, you know, that's when I get motion sick. I don't get motion sick in a plane because uh-huh. I don't most of the time I'm not looking out the window and looking ahead in a plane. Right. Uh, I don't get motion sick on boats because there's just so much open air that I don't know. I think it just has something to do with being in a car and like same with staring at a screen sometimes if the 
Um, yeah, because stuff's moving on the screen, but obviously in your peripheral, everything's right. I'm sitting still, and everything static. in my peripheral still. So if I'm totally yeah. immersed in movement, then I don't anticipate there being an issue. Mm-hmm. So, okay. and uh, when I took that thing off, my face was so sweaty and disgusting. And that's what the yeah. guy said. He's like, "Oh, you're beat red, eh?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure am." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Oh, you're all sweaty too," and I'm like, "Yep, yeah, I am." And then he talked to me a little bit about it. The, uh, the guy who took my headset off was a different guy, and he was a lot more friendly and like wanting, seeming like he wanted to help. Uh, so that was nice. I don't want to go ahead. So, so what, what what's the consensus here? I mean, what do, do you think that uh, is it something you would want to have? I mean, have for yourself, obviously, in in your situation, like. No, uh, we, we, you wouldn't want to like scrape together the 800 bucks or whatever for the Vive and and have one at home. The only the only use I would have for that is to show other people. Show people. Like, yeah. Hey, that's, I have this awesome VR. I want to show you. I want you to experience it. Like that's what everyone says, too. Yeah, that's kind of what what the consensus is for 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 people that own it. They're like, yeah, when people come over, I'll, I'll show it to them. And But that's other than that, it just sits in the. Yeah. And the thing, I mean, I, do you think if you were like really into piloting games or if you played a game like Elite Dangerous a lot, that, that would be some something worth having because you can, you know, that's an immersive <sighs> game that you could probably uh, put some hours into. Probably not. Re- probably not, to be honest with you. Like if I have a solid chunk of gaming time, I'm going to sit down and play something like Civ or something like Rocket League or, you know, a Japanese role-playing game or something. I just, the the experiences they have right now are, I don't think any of them are really conducive to long gaming sessions. Yeah. Like, what I would want to see in this is something, and we've talked about this before, like, like a tour, you know, where I can just stand up and I'm being shown historical castles or something, you know, just like... Tourism with sporting with in, events, infotainment. Yeah, sporting events. Um, I'm trying to think of another good example, but like just video games. I, I don't know. It kind of sucks because I don't I love video games, but I don't think video games as they are right now are the best thing for VR. I saw a lot of the kids playing that um, job simulator yeah. and that was third on my list if I got around to it, but I didn't. Uh, but I could see something like that being fairly interesting. But I don't know the the ham. I don't even want to call it ham fisting because some of the games are pretty clever and, and well done. But, you know, the the putting the or modeling a traditional video game for VR, I don't think is really the approach. Yeah, um, at least yet. Anyway. Uh, yeah, at least yet. I, I'm sure, you know, the games will adapt and stuff. But yeah, for me, it's just like other experiences I want for VR. Uh, even exercising, I think there's a lot of opportunity there yeah like uh riding an exercise bike and being you know going through this these exotic locales on your exercise bike you know perfect yeah yeah maybe i'll be able to deadlift 400 pounds <laughs> where where uh where the hills aren't any more challenging than the flatland yeah exactly <laughs> that'd be great or i mean you, you could you could even have the bike tuned to the headset so when you're going uphill it would increase the resistance if you want it like that would be would, yeah if you want to other but i could, don't Splits up I'm, the hill like you're in the Tour de France. I'm surprised we haven't seen anything like that. Like Will and I, as as part of our vacation, we spend uh, like three days in the Canadian Rockies. And how cool would it be to just be able to experience that in virtual reality and ride your bike to the 
top of mountain peaks and look out, you know? I, I yeah. just think that would be so cool. Yeah. I mean, I think wires are holding back the technology too, don't you? I mean, you you both had had to fight with the with the headsets and they even have like there they have the ideal setup for yeah. using VR and you still had, you know, you still both had issues with with the wires. So, and that's part of the reason I'm still really excited for whatever happens with augmented reality and, and Microsoft, because yeah. that's their whole thing, right? They don't yeah. want wires. They want, they don't yeah. want virtual reality. They want augmented reality. And yeah. I mean, if I have to strap a giant helmet on my head to go outside and play augmented reality, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Look like a stormtrooper. Yeah. <laughs> I still say like the, the mobile VR is, is where it's going to be at. Cause you already have your high tech screen um you, that you plug into like the the eye goggle part and it's all wireless and run through your phone and i think the phone power is getting there yeah um i think that's that's the way to go because yeah. they have the samsung gear vr or or like uh google cardboard um they have a bunch of google cardboard uh had different headsets you can wear mm-hmm. uh, just for just for trying you know experimenting with with vr but yeah Nice. I'm glad you I, glad you enjoyed your experience, though. That yeah, I, I, I had a great yeah. time. I would honestly I would do it again if it. I, I'm sure it is around here. I just have to find it. But I would go again and play some other games for another ten dollars, you know, for half an hour. Yeah, same. I would, too. It's good. Uh, it's a good experience. We've got a VR junkies here. I hear oh, that's right. On the radio all the time for it. Yeah, you guys have that place next time. Yeah. I, I think I said this already, but next time I come down, maybe we'll make a trip. Yeah. Well, now that we know we're getting ourselves right. into, it'll be more likely to happen. Yeah, and hopefully it's the vibe, and we've already we already have some experience, so there won't be that learning curve. To be honest with you, I don't even know how I figured out how to get the game started. It's probably gonna get me to. I'm gonna have to relearn it probably, because <laughs> I don't know what I did to get it started. But I picked it up and put it somewhere, and it just started. You lucked into it. Pretty much, I could have probably spent all 30 minutes on that screen trying to figure it out. Yeah. By the way, I did look up some gameplay from Brookhaven Experiment, and it did look better than what I saw. I don't know if it's just like, as Corey said, the calibration, or they only put out some gameplay of it looking at its best. Um, Maybe it was just running on a crappy computer. I was just gonna say that. Maybe the machine wasn't wasn't was just barely capable of running VR games. Yeah, that could definitely be. Because you know, if you're buy, I mean, how many different stations did they have? If you're buying like the bare minimum, it's like eight hundred bucks for a, a VR ready PC. Eight to ten, I want to say stations. Yeah, so they probably didn't have the, you know, GTX 1080 graphics cards in their in their machines. You know. Yeah. Now I'm gonna complain so they get them. <laughs> uh, final note for me: I did see the guy wipe the headset after I was done, so I was pretty happy about that. Uh huh. I didn't see them do it to mine. That's all it takes, you know? That's enough to deter most ickies. Yeah, definitely. I should have asked before. I'm like, do you guys clean the headsets? They should clean it. They should clean it. No, I still would have done it. Yeah, they should clean it before and after just so you have that peace of mind when they're handing it to you that, oh, they're wiping it down. I think they would tell you yes, regardless of if they do it or not. Oh, yeah. It's sterilized every every round. As you walk away, just take it, put it back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Any other thoughts? Uh, not for me. No, I got nothing. It was cool. I I, I did enjoy playing it. Uh, and I was probably the biggest VR 
uh, hater on this podcast, probably. Oh, and I started to say before, uh, that Arizona Sunshine game was multiplayer, and Will and I could have played that together, and that's what the guy who took my headset off was telling me. He's like, oh, you guys would have had a great time playing together, and I'm like, well, the other guy told didn't tell me that was an option. Yeah, yeah the guy said that him and his friend play it all the time, and yeah. they have a blast with it, and I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun to play together. We Will and I went in there with the idea that we were going to play together, but when the guy's like, ah, there's not really any good multiplayer games. It's like, well, I'd rather have a good experience than, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. But, okay. Did yeah. you guys want to go into your weeks now? Or you? Yeah. Let's talk about that. So <laughs> we have a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. I don't really know how many specifics we want to get into. And, well, I'll let you chat about it mostly. Because, uh, unfortunately, this Oof. is going to be <laughs> this is uh, going to be one of those half on half off episodes for me because i'm i'm buried in work right now but um we did uh, as part of our trip to edmonton went to two uh canadian actually technically three canadian national parks banff yoho and jasper national parks in the canadian rockies um well prob- can, can i start by saying air canada is my least favorite airline yeah go ahead you run with it all right so to start out with this trip, we drove up to Syracuse to stay at our aunt's the night before our flight because we had to fly out at 6.30 in the morning. So we get up at 4 o'clock, you know, get ready, eat breakfast, go to the airport, get there at 5 to find out our flight was canceled. <laughs> um, so early in the morning, our first flight got canceled to Toronto. So we had to jump through hoops. We ended up having to get the next flight out of there. So it was no big deal, but we're at the airport from five o'clock until eight thirty, which is a lot of sitting. Got to um got to Toronto. We had to get our next flight pushed because we missed our connecting flight to Edmonton. So we ended up having to wait like another four hours in Toronto. Um but the good thing is it put us on a flight with Corey and Sophie. Oh. So we ended up flying there together, which before that wasn't gonna happen and we had to drive back to the airport to get Corey and Sophie, but instead we all just got to go to our sisters in Edmonton. That's convenient. Um, so that was my convenient first. Convenient for me. <laughs> Very inconvenient for us. I think I waited sure. like eight or nine hours in the airport that day. Yeah. Um, so, and then I'll get into the 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 trip back when we get to the end. But yeah, no, like uh, Allison's wedding was, uh, what was it, Monday? So congratulations to her and Neil. Um Neil's been on this podcast, too. I don't remember what yep. episode, but he has been on here. Yeah. I watched um, on Skype. That's true. <laughs> Corey uh, Skyped it to Dan and his wife and the kids and everything and our grandmother so they could watch it and everything, which is pretty uh, How was that, Dan? Like It was good. Could you hear funny. Everything? We could tell everything that's going on. Yeah, we could hear everything. Yeah. It's funny because I had one job to do, and that was <laughs> Skype. And right before they were about to start, I realized... I didn't know my Skype login on my phone. Oh, yeah. So I was really scrambling. I felt terrible because, like, that was the one thing I had to do. You had was, one job. Yeah, and I was blowing it. And that's why I messaged you, Dan. I'm like, yeah. can we just FaceTime? And you're like, oh, we don't have Apple devices. And I'm like, crap. Well, we do, but we weren't at home. We were at mom and dad's because we were yeah. swimming. So, like, I didn't know I didn't know if mom and dad's iPad was there. I didn't, wouldn't know how to use it. So, right. Yeah. But it ended up working out, and we got to watch, so that yeah. was nice. Um, and I, then 
Our dad's ahead. birthday was the day after, so we got to celebrate that. So happy birthday, Bill Murtha. <laughs> also been on this podcast. But getting to the mountains. Um, so I had been to Jasper last year when I went to Edmonton, but I had not gone to Banff. So we went to Banff first this time. Corey, where do, where do we even start talking about this? I don't know. I would just talk about your your favorites. Talk about your highlights. At first, I should say that it was a very life-changing experience, in my opinion, for me. I don't know about you, Corey. Um, so I've had th- this sort of experience before uh, when I went to Alaska after graduating college. But in terms of scenery and, and beauteousness, uh Canadian Rockies definitely take the cake. Yeah, they it is beyond beautiful up there. I I guess my first favorite, I should say, and for people who care at all, like podcast fans and like are interested in this, uh, follow like me and Corey on Instagram because you can see some of the pictures of some of the views that we had. Because I remember sending some pictures to you, Dan, and Eric. Um, and Eric, I didn't, saying, any, I didn't get any pictures. It was in the. Uh, I sent some in the group message, and then Eric must have saw them on Instagram and Snapchat. But Eric said those views are crazy because some of them were were breathtaking. So my favorite thing I should say to start was uh, canoeing on Lake Louise. We got there. It was early in the morning. It was like 8.30, I want to say. And there was just – wait, was it, or was it 9? Do you remember, Corey? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. 8.39, and it was – packed at lake louise and like we wanted to get away from the crowds and uh cory's girlfriend sophie actually said we should do canoeing if it's possible uh and we kind of hem and hawed at it because it was a little expensive but um eventually our, our dad was just like just do it like why not just do it like this is the only time that we're going to be out here for a while like you might as well experience all of this so we ended up for three people for it was like a hundred dollars 110 110 Canadian, so that's probably like 80, 90, 90 yeah. American. So we were just canoeing out on the lake, and like there wasn't a lot of people out there at all. So literally, it was just us just paddling along, just looking around, taking a ton of pictures, just kind of taking it in. Uh, we even drank some of the lake water to, you know, be Found part of youth. Lake. Exactly. Hey, I feel like it cleansed my soul, which I'll get into on the way home. It's like those um, people that swallow scissors. I can only keep it forever if I <laughs> swallow it. <laughs> yeah, so that that was far and away my number one. Um, it's just like being out on the lake with this just beautiful mountainscapes like all around us and just looking around and like the cold lake water. I honestly like this entire trip and made me think about Skyrim a little bit because the snow capped mountains and like climbing up these rocky mountains like just made me think of being in Skyrim and like kind of that experience like yeah. cold lakes and whatnot. Like it made me want to play some Skyrim, honestly. Uh when I got back. I haven't done it yet, but so that was my favorite core. What was your favorite? For me, climbing um Whistler Mountain. So one of the last days, if not the last day, we were in the Rockies in Jasper. We took the gondola up eight thousand feet, I wanna say. I'm not sure the exact numbers, eight thousand feet uh up there, and then from there we hiked about 2,000 more feet up to the summit, uh, and that was my favorite part for sure. I get super anxious isn't the right word. I, I don't know. Like For me to really 
enjoy these things, I kind of need to feel like you're alone. Yeah, and it's like it's not the the uh, what's the word? The scenic pictures are one thing, and it's kind of funny because you look at our pictures and we look like the only ones in the Canadian Rockies. But the the truth is, we just did a really good job of cutting out the multitude of people all around us uh, at any given moment but and we should say we did pick a tough time to go for it and go out there because like it's canada's 150th um anniversary or whatever so like there was a ton of people around like restaurants were talking about how they had never seen so much business and were wiped out like we went out to eat in canmore um, which is uh, by Banff, and they like the restaurant we went to. They like had to tell us everything they didn't have right off the bat because they got cleaned out. And on top of that, this year the the national parks in Canada are free, so everybody can enter and not have to pay at all. So with those two coupled together, and the Stampede was in Calgary that weekend. So with all of that like coupled together, like it was really really packed. But go on, Corey. Um. Yeah, so uh, climbing Whistler was nice because once we got to the summit, there was just one other guy there. So we were able to get out in the wild a little bit and um, avoid avoid the crowds. My almost panic attack I had was at Lake Louise, Will was mentioning. So it was nice to finally get out on the canoes. Yep. The, um, yeah, also... we, we all have like mild agoraphobia, I think. Yes. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're when you're in nature, like it's one thing if you go into a concert expecting to be there to be a lot of people there, but it's quite another to be, you know, like you said, in the mountains, you don't expect there to be crowds everywhere. So, yeah, it Um, triggers triggers the agoraphobic reaction. Yeah. And there were kind of some rude people around us, too, which there definitely was, which was kind of annoying. I wanted to fight some people, especially one of the guys who got mad at our father for standing in front of the garbage. (laughs) I would like to have tossed him into Lake Louise if I was thinking quick enough. I was a little tired because I hadn't uh-huh. slept the night before. But Well, he uh, I'll tell the whole story. It's a short story, but um, he was standing in front of the garbage can when we were talking, figuring out what to do, and the guy comes up to him and he's like, can you move, please? And my dad's like, what? And he's like, you're standing in front of the garbage can. And my dad's <laughs> like, oh, okay. And he took one step away, and my dad was like, go ahead, jump in. <laughs> <laughs> the guy didn't say nice. anything. I don't think he was expecting that. That's funny. You could have just said, uh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to dwell on that, but, but well, yeah, no. Canadian. Yeah, he, was, he was American. They're, oh, I was going to say, because like, Canadians are supposed to be some of the most polite people you can imagine. You know what's funny? <laughs> I don't think there were too many Canadians okay. in, in the, the Banff and Jasper. Um, cause everybody who worked there was either English, Irish, or Australian for starters. Oh, wow. Um, which I actually, me and my dad actually asked one of the workers how to go about doing that. Cause it kind of piqued my interest. Um, and I think like, it'd be super cool to go out for a summer, work those parks, uh, and be by my sister and their family. Um, what a way to travel for them, you know? Exactly. And I guess what you have to do is, um, I'm going to butcher this, but what you do is you go through uh, an employment agency and from there you can sign up to work the national parks like abroad and you can pick like either, you know, Europe, Canada, the U.S. or whatever. And you can fill out like your preference list of where you want to go and what job you want to do. And then they just send you out there and you can you can work them. 
So I guess they made it seem like it was super easy. And like these are people coming from Australia. Like there's a lot of Australians. Most of the people we talked to about it were Australian. So like they're coming from across the world to do it. Uh, So like it seemed fairly easy. I don't know how easy it is actually because I'd probably screw it up. But are you going to try and do it well? I'll think about it. It's something that I was thinking. I was like, yeah, like this made me realize how much I really like nature, especially doing it last year too. Like I realized I was really into it. And I think it'd be something cool to put like on a resume too. Yeah. It would be like a good conversational piece for interviews and whatever else. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I forgot where I was going with this. How to do it. How to do oh, it. We already talked about that. What were we talking about before that? I don't know. You're just talking about your experience, your yeah. life-changing experience. Yeah, um, and another – I'm trying to think of what else I really liked. I liked going to the Athabasca Glacier. That was a pretty decent hike and going, you know, to, I wanted to stand on the glacier and I took a picture and was sending it to some of my friends and they're like, that doesn't look that nice. And I was like, no, it doesn't. But think about it. This is a glacier. Like how many times have you heard about the glaciers growing up, but have had a chance to like be that close or even stand on it? Like to me, that was mind blowing because hearing, oh, from everybody like, oh, the glaciers, you know, they carve these mountain valleys, so on and so forth. And like and be that close to it. Like it was kind of really cool to finally see it. Um, I wanted to go on it, but they roped off a certain section of it because the part leading up to it was like a, a river like right in front of the glacier. So you had to like go over that. And on top of that, that there were crevices that you could fall into. Um, and people, I guess it takes hours if you fall into one of those crevices to get dug out. And the glaciers are obviously very cold and a lot of people freeze to death and die. And they actually said the last three people that had fallen into crevices, they ended up not saving. So I was like, man, <laughs> you had to get a guided tour to be able to, to go on the glacier. So uh, that'll be something for a little bit later. Or whatever, and it was cool doing that because you could see like they had signs like, "Oh, in 1908 the glacier was here," and it was like all the way back towards the road, and then like in 1982 the glacier was here, and then like then when you see where it is, you're like, "Holy crap, this either moved or melted." <laughs> so uh, that was really cool to Core. What else was really cool to you? Mm, I mean, it was all really cool. I think I talked about my my favorite parts, but. Yeah, no, it was just cool, like, just driving from, driving anywhere, really, and just looking around and just being, like, around these huge, breathtaking mountains and and views and stuff like that. Like, it was crazy, and, like, we're walking out of our grocery store in Canmore, and we just look out, and we see this just huge mountain just there, and it's just like, oh, you don't see that when you're at Hollenbeck's. And the thing is, like, I've seen mountains before, lots of people have seen mountains before, but it's weird to have the 360 degree view at all times. Like if you're in it, it's all around you. It's not like, Oh, there's some nice peaks that way. It's like, no, it's everywhere. Yeah. And like for any, like, I think it's something, a trip that anybody would enjoy. Just kind of like looking around because as Corey said, like, yeah, it's mountains, but it's just everywhere. And like, it's so cool how they're jagged and like how some of them are snow capped and stuff like that. Like it's, it's a beautiful sight. And like being from a small town in New York, like being out to the Canadian Rockies, it was just like so different. It was beautiful. Yeah. I don't know how many pictures I'm, you saw, Dan. I saw none. <laughs> you, <laughs> did not, even... you, did, you did not. No, we don't get to communicate as often as we would like. 
Huh. Maybe well, I'll I send saw some. nothing. Maybe I'll send some in the group message here in a second. So you. Well, can I can I can ask it. her to show me. It's just like when when I we have that opportunity, I didn't think of it. Yeah, it, Dan, you would you would definitely enjoy seeing some of the stuff. Uh, I think honestly, I don't. Maybe I didn't send any in the group. I think the only picture I might have sent was the one with me and Sidney Crosby. Yep, that's the that, one. That's a classic right there. We should tweet out that picture from our uh, our Twitter and be like, in lieu of Will and Eric's Sidney Crosby fight, Will met yeah. Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Up close and personal. Yep, super personal. But yeah, no, honestly, like it was. It was a breathtaking experience. Like I said, I did it last summer too. And like, I don't, I think what was better was we spent three days looking at these, these sites instead of just doing a day trip. So I got to experience way more and see way more. And it was nice, like having our dad around too, who has done this before a little bit with some experience and kind of show us a little bit of the ropes. But even he said, like, we hadn't even scratched the surface of everything it has to offer. So, yeah, we just we just saw what everybody sees. We didn't like know? we didn't hike nearly as much as we wanted to, or at least I wanted to. Yeah. So. Yeah, we spent one night in Canmore, which is by Banff, and then drove up to Jasper to stay in a uh, a cabin in the woods. Basically, stayed there, um, spent day three looking around, and then headed back to to Edmonton. I'm jealous. Yeah, I'll like I said, I'll show you some some pictures, and I'll have Val show. Val will show you probably mine and Sophie's Instagrams for okay, yeah, for the pictures. Um, yeah, I'll ask her when we're done. I guess should I get into the travel back now, Corey? Yeah, hit it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we left. Corey and Sophie left Sunday. We ended up leaving Tuesday. Me, my mom, and dad to head back. So our first flight was at. Uh, 9.30, I want to say. So the flight from Edmonton to Toronto is about three and a half, four hours. So, you know, everything was fine. We fly back to Toronto. We had like a three-hour layover from Toronto to Syracuse. And we're like, oh, that's fine. Like, we'll just get some food, go to our gate and chill a little bit. Because I had eaten breakfast at seven in the morning. That was like my only meal for the day. And I had a little bit of water. So like when we landed in Toronto, I was like ravenous i was thirsty i started to get a light headache and whatnot from being dehydrated so we're looking for our gate number to see where our flight out is going to be don't we find out our flight from toronto to syracuse is canceled which threw us in a frenzy we were not happy um our dad went to go talk to the customer service people at air canada and they said yeah your flight's canceled what we can do for you is pay for your hotel, pay for your meals, and then put you on the next flight to Syracuse. And my dad's like, okay, when's the next flight to Syracuse? And they go, 8.30 tomorrow. And my dad's like, oh, in the morning? And they're like, no, at night. Oh, my God. So from basically 4.35 o'clock Toronto time, uh, uh, east time, eastern time. So we were stuck there from then all the way to 8 o'clock the next night. And we're, me and my mom were like, no, absolutely not. So my mom went up to them and talked to them again about it. And they said, you're only going to have to speak to a manager. So we got directed to a manager. And I kind of felt bad for the lady because, you know, 
mom came at him like came at her like a whirlwind because she was very upset and rightfully so and she didn't yeah, sure. do a very a great job explaining it and then he's like oh you threw a lot of information at me like we have to sort through this like piece by piece because i didn't even know this flight was canceled um because what we wanted we i was like screw that we're not gonna stay the whole night in toronto like i want to get home like yeah. i don't want to be in an airport any more than i already have to because of what happened the way out there so they said no we can't give you a voucher for a rental car and we're like like paying for a hotel room for three people paying for our meals and then putting us on another flight for free is going to cost you more money than giving us just a rental car like what we didn't get like why they couldn't do that um so the next best option they came up with was we were going to fly at 8 30 in the morning from toronto to chicago and then fly from Chicago to Syracuse and be home, be in Syracuse at like 1 p.m. And my dad was on board for that. And me and mom were like, no, because <laughs> we've already had two flights canceled yeah, you, on us. And we you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't want to go to O'Hare Airport. <laughs> and I knew O'Hare is a nightmare. I know it's yeah. like, and that's like the most busy airport in the United States next to like Atlanta. Yeah. And I was like, no. Like, we don't want to do that. My dad's like, well, it's better than driving. We're like, no, we're going to take a car. Um, and he kind of was upset that we didn't want to do that because the lady was booking us a hotel already and, like, had already switched our flight over. And we're like, look, like, we're just going to the, – the Midwest is supposed to get weather, too. I guess it stormed there. And we're like, we're not going to risk another flight being canceled. Like, we just don't want to do that. So our next step – this yeah. is taking – because Toronto's not super far from where we live, too. I mean, it's a drive, but it's not. It was four hours, not... four hours to Syracuse, like yeah. five, five and a half to um, Newark Valley, which is yeah. where we live. Well, not so, bad. It's not bad, but at that point, it was like five. So, all right, we're like, okay, we're going to get home at like 10, 10, 30, 11. That's not too bad. So the next step was to get our checked-in bag. That took an hour and a half to get our one checked bag. We had to go to some secure area to get a form, fill the form out, had to wait for somebody to get us. My mom had to go through customs again to get the bag. They had to go through the bag to make sure there was nothing in it, nefarious, which I get it. Like the airports, Toronto's a huge airport. They're going to be strict on security because... It's just what airports have to do. Um, I understand that. But that took way longer than it needed. It shouldn't have taken an hour and a half. So by that time, it was like 7, 7 o'clock. And we're like, oh, my God, this is going to be awful, 7.30. So we had to go rent a car. And the first four or five rental cars, like um, Enterprise and stuff like that, couldn't help us with getting a car to go across the border. Luckily, we ended up going to Thrifty, and the people there were great. They were super nice. They got a car for us, They um, and it wasn't too expensive. Well, it was kind of expensive for just using it once, but like we wanted to get home. It was like 100 and something Canadian, um, so it was a little cheaper American. But the issue with that is they were giving us a car with New York license plates because that would make it a lot easier for them and everything, and they had to actually call it in from their dealership or whatever and bring it over. That took like an hour. So I kid you not, we didn't leave Toronto until 9 o'clock at night. So we have a five-hour drive ahead of us. So this is where the torture for me starts to kick in. I hadn't eaten since 7 o'clock the morning. And all I had was like two eggs and a bagel, which isn't a lot for me. I usually eat way more for breakfast. And I had no caffeine. 
and I had no water. So, like, I started scarfing down pretzels to kind of satiate my hunger just a little bit, but I could feel myself not feeling good. And I remember this feeling because very recently I had thrown up from not eating for over 12 hours uh, in a toilet. <laughs> and this feeling started to had start to come back. Um, and I was, like, pounding water to try to get rid of my migraine and everything like that. So... I was kind of rallying to try and give my dad some directions because I had offered to drive once we got like to the border um, and out of Toronto and everything like that because I listen to like a lot of hockey podcasts that are based in Toronto and they always complain about the traffic and I just wanted no part of trying to drive through that, especially under my conditions. And I was like, I can drive the highway like after we get past the border and it'll be no issue. So within 15 minutes of us on the road i was like mom dad i don't want to alarm you but i'm gonna need a bag so from there my mom was like oh great here we go so i get a bag i'm fine i'm fine and then it hits me i start puking like crazy in this bag my dad pulls over on the highway i walk out onto the grass and i just start hurling everywhere and i just kind of toss the bag because it was just littered with vomit um and i'm like oh this is not good so I lay down in the back. Um, my mom gets me another bag. We're driving a little bit. I start puking again in the bag, the next bag. <laughs> we end up getting a little bit... To ha- okay, so I've thrown up in Toronto. I threw up near Mississauga. We get to Hamilton. As soon as they pull over to get food, because I said, I need food in me or I'm going to die, because I felt really weak because I hadn't eaten. As soon as he pulled over in Hamilton in the food area, I spilled out of the car, ran to the grass, started vomiting everywhere again. So I threw up in Hamilton. I'm laying in the grass while my mom and dad go get food next to the car, and I know there's people walking by looking at me, just laying there sprawled out in the grass with my arm over my head. Just another drunk American. I was just going to say that. They probably thought you were drunk. Probably. So that was three times. My mom had gotten me a Coke and a sub to eat, like a six-inch sub with, like, it was just ham and, like, lettuce. Um, so I drank a little Coke and I felt a little bit better. And my mom handed me the sub. I took the littlest nibble from the edge and I immediately puked everywhere again. (laughs) And it was to this point where like nothing was coming up because I had nothing in me. And I was, it was just dry heaving and I was like, oh my God. So (laughs) that had happened. So I threw up in Hamilton. I spilled into the backseat again, passed out. We got to... So that was my fifth time that I had thrown up. I passed out in the backseat again. We got a little ways. I think we got ended up getting to Syracuse because I had slept a lot of the way. And my mom... Actually, no. Okay, this is... <laughs> I just remember this time that I threw up. So before we got to the Syracuse airport, we were getting gas and whatnot. So my mom gave me a mint leaf gummy to eat because I, I was like, I felt all right. So, you know, I drank a little bit of water. I took, once again, a little corner bite of the uh, the mint leaf, threw up again, almost immediately into another bag. And my mom goes, we might have to take you to the hospital because every time you eat or drink something, you throw up like your body's just like rejecting everything. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. Like we're almost there. Uh, we end up. Let me to... die in peace. <laughs> well, I will never go to the hospital. So I was fighting it every step of the way, and like my dad just wanted to get home. It was like two in the morning. 
we're tired, we're grumpy, we're mad at Air Canada. Um, <laughs> so we get to the airport in Syracuse. We're trying to drop off the rental car, figure that out. Two in the morning. We're all tired. We had been up since six o'clock. I drank some water to try and like make myself feel better. I throw up everywhere in the Syracuse airport, like on the grass again. This is like the sixth or seventh time I'd thrown up. Um, and I was just like, oh my God. My mom's like, no, like we might really need to take you to the hospital. And of course my dad was just like, no, he's fine. He's like fine. We'll, we'll take him home. If he still feels like this in the morning, we'll take him. My mom's yeah. like, Bill, like we really, <laughs> he should probably go. And it was to the point where I had never, this had never happened to me. And I felt like maybe I should, because I know people die from this sort of thing. Sure. And I was like, I'm not ready to go. If I'm ready, if I'm going to go, it's going to be being a hero, not traveling in a car. Yeah, getting um, attacked by a shark or a bear or something. Yeah, not from not eating for 12 hours and getting a, a migraine. Like, that's not how I want to go. That so, doesn't sound good on a tombstone. No, I want to die doing what I love. There you go. So Podcasting. <laughs> podcast material. There you go. So, once again, I lay down in the backseat, passed out. We got home. I was just like, I'm not touching any of my bags. I'm leaving it in the car. Crawled up into my bed. My mom ended up bringing my bag in and everything like that. And I passed out in the my bed and woke up at like noon. My mom actually came in and said, are you okay? Because like they hadn't heard from me in so long because I was just sleeping in there. And like I'm used to mountain time right now. So like I'm a little, little off uh, with everything. I'm still trying to readjust, but... So basically, I kind of thought like Lake Louise was purging everything from me from drinking that water. There you go, purging all the angst and hate, and yeah, I like that yeah. theory. That's what I that's what I came up with. But holy crap, that was literally the worst traveling experience of my life there and back. Thank you, Air Canada. Never again. Almost. Is that the only airline in Canada? WestJet is another one. Okay. Um, but I, Delta does one too. It's funny. My, before we left my, uh, my girlfriend's dad asked, Oh, what airline are you flying? And we're like air Canada. And he's like, Oh, that's a nice airline. And my girlfriend's stepmom is like, when was the last time you flew on it? 30 years ago. He's (laughs) like, yeah. She's like, it's probably the same plane. And we're like, good point. (laughs) That was spot on. It was funny when we flew out from Syracuse to Toronto, like on the way there, to like my dad made a comment, like, "Oh, this is a this is a beauty to the pilot about the plane." He goes, "Yeah, more like a beater." <laughs> like, "Oh, that's nice I, to hear." I, thank you. <laughs> Which, funnily, that was that was us. me. That was you. Yeah. Okay, it was you that made that comment, yeah. um, and it was funny because like that little plane was our smoothest flight. I don't know how you felt, Corey, but I love the little plane, eighteen uh, seater. Nine yep. seats on each side, with the with the little propellers on the end. I yeah. I like that. Uh, it I flew me. in one. Of, I flew in one of those to DC. It was awesome. Yeah, but yeah, you you get a feel for flying in that. Yeah. I mean, the big ones you hardly even know, you know, yeah. unless there's turbulence and stuff. But those you you feel every little thing. I kind of like it. It's a little scary, but I don't know. It's more exhilarating. Yeah. Our flight from Edmonton to Toronto, we're flying in like a mini fortress. It felt like. Exactly. It was like two seats on the end, and then three in the middle. Like it was a pretty big plan. 
But that was my traveling experience. Um, it was like the greatest trip of my life, but the worst traveling of my life all rolled into one. So no pain, no gain. Uh, that's yeah. I I felt some. I'm still not 100 percent right. Like I'm trying. To, like today I had Chinese food. Kind of just it. It was good, but like I could feel my stomach just being like, "Oh, well, you literally just got over one of the worst stomach bugs." Or whatever I had. I think it was a migraine because I do, when I get migraines, I do throw up sometimes. Yeah, me too. Because uh, they just get so bad. But it's usually just once and like I'm usually fine. But this was just seven times of just vomit. Yeah, when I get migraines, if I'm up, I, that's when I barf. If I'm laying down, I'm, I'm fine. But once I'm up, that's when I get sick. Yep, exactly. And the problem was like I, there was lights everywhere because like... Going yeah. past Niagara Falls, it was just lit up, and there was just big trucks, and the city of Toronto is, like, bright. So I was just like, oh, my God, turn the lights off. So, yeah. It was funny. I don't know. <laughs> I told my sister what, that, like, what happened, and I guess Neil goes, or my sister told Neil that I had thrown up in, like, Toronto, Mississauga, and Hamilton, and Neil goes, huh, so have I. <laughs> <laughs> was his response to it so nice so that was yeah that... similar similar to that will uh my wife had some gallbladder issues what was late last week it was um, yeah late last week i don't remember the the day specifically but uh one of the days she was like couch ridden all day which is not like her even when she's not feeling well she can usually soldier through it but was in a lot of pain and stuff and when you know when she tells me she's in a lot of pain i take note because she birthed four children naturally yeah. uh so when she says she's in a lot of pain it's something to pay attention to so, well she ended up going to the emergency room um in the evening at some point where they ran a bunch of tests and stuff and uh she ended up just having like a gallbladder attack but uh you know that the days that she was home she was just like out down and out for for two or three days afterwards for the most part um it's was, it was tough what, yeah like what happened is she, like she all right now she still is like when she eats certain things it'll trigger not not bad but because she's kind of supposed to be on a, like a bland diet mm-hmm. um but it, we had it was the fourth of july week you know weekend and, and early in the week so we had been eating like horribly yeah and she thinks that's what what triggered it um, they told her specifically not to eat any pizza, which we had been eating a lot of uh, just about it because we would get home like super late and we wouldn't have anything for dinner. So we would just make a frozen pizza that we had yeah. like, after we would gotten the kids to bed. Uh, so, yeah, the holy food. Yeah. So they, they think that's probably what triggered it. it was Wegmans frozen pizza. Leave it to Wegmans, man. <laughs> Well, the problem is, is those pizzas are unbelievably delicious for they were, yeah three dollar frozen pizza. They are awesome. So basically, Pepper- the pepperoni one. So basically, she's feeling some effects right now, but feeling better. Yeah, bet she's mostly better, but occasionally when she'll eat something, it'll make her, it'll give her pain. She actually goes for a test. Is it next Friday? I'm totally like thrown off by what day, what days, what days we're on. But next yeah. Friday, she's got like a test. Uh, radioactivity test or something that tests the effectiveness of the gallbladder and then uh depending on how that goes she may have to get it removed where in your body is your gallbladder it's Uh, like under your ribs on your right hand side i think it's like over here 
I guess. Well, we were we were all chilling like at the the breakfast table, and someone goes, "That was in the hospital." <laughs> Everyone's like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. So like we immediately messaged you like, "What's going on?" And I had said, "Oh God, who's next?" Like. <laughs> What's who's happening? Going, and, yeah, who's going down next? And next thing I know, I'm in the back seat on my deathbed, <laughs> vomiting everywhere, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's me!" Yeah. But yeah, we, we didn't, we didn't, we had, we didn't end up having a very good week while you were gone. Uh, the brakes in the wife's car went, so Ooh. I haven't had time. To, we had to order new parts off the internet because, of course, none of the local parts stores had the parts we needed. Um, so it took a few. Should have gone to, get to Gary's. There. You pull it. Ah, uh, it's too new of a car. It's 2016, mm. so there's probably not any used parts I could have gotten for it. But I, we had to order them off the internet, and I haven't had a chance to put them in, so she's been taking my car to work. Uh, and then the twins suddenly uh, became bad sleepers, not <laughs> napping well, not sleeping at night. Boy, so it's been it's maybe been they sense they sense their mom's gallbladder was off. Who knows? You never know what they pick up, you know. Yeah, they sense Dan had a PlayStation Four. You know, that that was my that was my point. You know, it was the week that Will gave me his PS4 to play, and I did not play very much of it just because of you know how things went. Because like I said, the weekend before the Fourth of July, that Monday, and then Tuesday of the Fourth of July, like we were out doing things. And by the time we got home and got everyone to bed, it was like eleven o'clock at night, and we didn't. You know, I didn't want to start a new game at that point because I knew I wouldn't be able to play for too long before I crashed. Uh, me and the wife also needed to catch up on Game of Thrones. We wanted to finish rewatching everything before Sunday, so uh, I started did, rewatching. Yeah, we did get all caught up. So nice. just in time. My uh, we're, we're giddy for it. I forget the name. I think it's just called the Game of Thrones podcast. I just listened to their episode. They were at the uh, throne throne con or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, yeah. They gave a live presentation talking about the upcoming season. It got me really really excited. So oh, Sunday's going to be fun. I'm pumped. Uh, we're going to make sure we have the kids to bed at like 8 o'clock. So we're all free. But Yeah, that was my week. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to cover? No. No. Okay. Oh, I watched the first uh, Castlevania on Netflix. How is Castlevania? it? It's pretty cool. Yeah. I like... Um, it's kind of, I mean, it's about Dracula and evil stuff, but there's like a religious element to it too that I kind of enjoy. And I like when anime gets really grotesque, uh, like gory and bloody and nasty, because that's what you should do with animation, yeah. you know? It, that's a lot harder to do yeah. with uh, live action, so take advantage of uh, the animation platform. But I'm into it. It's um, it's pretty dark. And, I've heard good things about yeah. it. Yeah. There's only four episodes, so and they're 25 minutes each. So I'll probably cruise through it this weekend. But uh, I really liked the first episode. I should try to watch it. I don't know if I will, but I'd like to. Okay. Uh, anything else for our weeks? No. Does anyone have nibble bits besides me? I have two. Okay. I don't. Go ahead, Will. Uh, they're two quick ones. Uh, Dan, you would be the only one that would probably see this or even care to talk about it. Did you see that the uh misty and brock were written out of the retelling of the indigo league movie i did didn't see that <laughs> what is with that i i don't know i thought that was like canon it is it's literally like the og pokemon crew <laughs> yeah. i don't know i don't know what they did that and they also gave them pokemon that aren't from the indigo league really? like i know the female has a piplup which is not 
that's Gen Four, which is Sinnoh, and I forgot who the the guy has, but I don't know how I feel about that. It I don't know. It, it seems unnecessary, I guess. Yeah, because like, like w- why? Like why? Yeah. I guess I would be my question. Like, there's really no reason for them to write them out. They're even rebooting Pokemon now. Come on. For in favor of characters that people, and I know a lot of people aren't happy about this either. Yeah. So I found that pretty bizarre. I don't know why Nintendo is doing that at all. That's probably spoilers, by the way, for anybody who cares, because the article is titled Spoilers. But the movie arrives in Japan July 15th, so I guess pretty soon here we're going to get to hear about how the movie is. Uh, There's that, and my other one is Gran Turismo Sport. Got a release date of October 17th, 2017, and Europe gets it a day later, October 18th. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought nice. I was going to sneeze there. But yeah, Sorry. that's that's going to be sweet. I know that's a highly touted sports game, racing yeah. game. So um, That's it for me. Okay. I got a couple. I got four because I didn't know how much uh, everyone else would have, so I made sure I, I came prepared. Uh, so the first one is EA announced that Battlefield 1 and Titanfall 2 will join EA and the Origin Access lineup of games. There's no official date yet, but supposedly by September is when those are going to be available. So, I mean, that's worth it to play through the campaigns. If you pay for one month of EA Access, it's five or six bucks and play through the campaigns of those games. That's that's well worth it, in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, number two, your Shadow of Mordor progress will carry over to uh, Shadow of War via the it's a system called the Nemesis Forge. Uh, and you can use that to bring in your most powerful enemy and most powerful ally from Shadow of Mordor to put them in Shadow of War. So, Interesting. interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to have to go back and, and fire up Shadow of Mordor again because I don't, I don't remember at this point who my most powerful ally and most powerful enemy were. But oh, I must have played I'll that def- on PC, right? I don't know. Probably because I have or it. Else I would have. Yeah, that must. Have been I played, played it played initially it. on PS4, but I replayed it on PC. I think I finished it for the the, oh, the last time I I did uh, um, Extra Life. I finished Shadow of Mordor, which is I guess a year and a half ago now. Uh, so that's my second one. My third one. Sony is releasing a Glacier White PS4 as part of a Destiny Two bundle, four hundred and fifty bucks for the one terabyte version. Uh, Corey, I thought you might be interested in that since you Ooh, yeah, talked thinking about, about it. Destiny and the PS4. Thinking about it. So there you go. I guess you save ten bucks. Yeah, ten bucks. And, and get the white PS4 Pro. It's enough to play VR in Canada. And then my last one, Capcom Humble Bundle. It's actually a really good Humble Bundle. Uh, so one dollar gets you Strider, Umbrella Corps, Umbrella Core, uh, and DMC. Devil May Cry. Uh, Average or more, which is $7.28, you get Umbrella Core Deluxe, Dead Rising 2 off the record, Resident Evil HD Remaster, Resident Evil Zero HD Remaster, Resident Evil 6, and then for $12 or more, you also get Dead Rising 2, and then Dead Rising 3 Apocalypse Edition. So there's some pretty pretty good games in that Humble Bundle. I will be getting that one at some point. I only have two of the games on there, so... Uh, and they're both in the one dollar tier, so I think that's that's well worth it for me. And that's it. Huh. All right. Um, should we get into what we played? Yeah, let's hit it, Dan. 
right, let's keep going. Uh, so I'll start. I played more Mass Effect Andromeda. I'm tying up some loose ends before I kind of go into the rest of the story missions. I probably only have a few hours left, I would think. I've got about 60 hours in it right now. <coughs> so I'm doing that. Uh, me, Eric, and Will last night played Overwatch. We sure did. Which was different. It was di- different, first of all, playing multiplayer games. Uh, different because we played one together, three of us, for a couple hours. And uh, had an enjoyable time. We actually fired it up, went into a, like a random match. Uh, I got made fun of for sucking. <laughs> <laughs> that made me so mad. <laughs> I want it was, to punch it, that guy. It was frustrating because I, I haven't played. I don't think I've played Overwatch since like February, <laughs> maybe. Uh, so I didn't remember. I, of course, didn't remember really what any of the characters did. Um, you know, and, and the gameplay kind of changes too uh, over time. And what you're supposed to do with the different heroes is they get buffed and nerfed and what have you. So, I, you know, we were all unfamiliar with that, obviously. Uh, but I had mentioned to Eric before that my favorite mode to play was the Mr. Heroes mode, where when you die, you get spawned as a random hero. Um, there's no expectations for your team in that one because everyone just is a random hero. And a lot of times you get a hero that you're not very good with. So uh, no one really cares about winning and losing. It's more about uh, experiencing the different heroes. And a lot of times, too, in this one, you just try to get kills. So uh, we played that and ended up having a pretty good time with that. I was thinking about it. I kind of want to play Overwatch like for an hour or 30 minutes before podcast and stream it a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Or play once a week with yeah. at least three of us and, you know, stream that. Because uh, I thought it was pretty fun and it might be a good way for people to watch us a little bit, to have a night where we all play and play a popular game and do terrible so we can be at least be semi-entertaining. Because, boy, with some of the... I think we did really, really well when we started playing the Mystery Hero. Uh, we yeah. at least won a little bit. But when we, we played the quick match, like, whew, we just got... That that wasn't the thing to just jump right into because no. Eric had played a couple days prior, mm-hmm. uh, so he he was a little bit more familiar with what was going on than than me or Will were. I like I said I haven't played it since February I don't think. Yeah, Sam. Uh, <clears throat> so it's been it's been quite a while and I I didn't think know I didn't we I didn't know how to play he, uh, Anna or Sombra or uh, or Orisa the new yeah. heroes like I had never even experienced them at all so like I didn't know what they did when they were attacking me mm-hmm. so um, but yeah the, the Mister Heroes was good for that what were you gonna say Will I was gonna say Dan I think the last time that you played was also the last time I played because didn't we play together I think so, I think uh, so. if I remember correctly so that was the last time I had played too I do want to say I'm a god with Zenyatta. <laughs> you did like, pretty well with Zenyatta. Oh man, I just I had like I had three gold medals I want to say when I was playing with him. It was like healing, kill participation, and I can't remember the other one. But I just like for whatever reason, there's only two characters that really click with me, and it's him and Tracer. But like I feel so it's so fun to just be like flinging healing orbs at people and throwing discord orbs to like to debuff the enemy and just like I'm constantly winging out balls to like hit people and I'm sniping people like it's just such a fun yeah. fun healer to play like yep. I love playing him yeah I actually ended up playing for a little bit longer after you guys left I played some more Mr. Heroes and I finally got the hang of or- Orisa 
Oh really? I had some pretty effective matches where I was I was her, and I figured out like turret placement or the her shield placement and and stuff like that. I finally got a grasp of her uh, and Sombra too. I actually I, I had a pretty good couple of matches where I I played as her for an extended period of time, which was nice. I kind of want to learn Sombra because everything she does interests me. You know, like yeah. how she hacks things and bounces around and stuff like that. Like I think that's really all really cool. Yeah. I would love to start playing it again. Um, I actually, when I when the it, I started playing again in January, like right after the new year, just because I, I wanted to like consistently play it. But you know, it come February, I think when we did four in February, I I stopped playing and then I just never went back to it. So I gotta try and play more. Yeah, I would like to. Because I, I every time I play it, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, so that was Overwatch. Um, let's talk about Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, let's hear uh, it. Do you guys want to hear pros or cons first? I kind of want to hear cons, to be honest with cons. you. I, all I've heard is pros for the game. Okay. Uh, my con, my cons are not really cons for the game. It's more personal preference type of things. Um, the first is the narrow field of view when you're playing. Okay. Um, it felt especially claustrophobic for me uh, while sneaking. Uh, I couldn't tell like what was around me at all. I think the problem is compounded by the fact that I mostly game on my ultra wide monitor and I turn up the field of view. So I normally have a really wide angle of view. Uh, so it felt very claustrophobic. Uh, okay. It was a little bit hard to get used to. You know what, Dan, I'll second that a little bit. Cause I, I also experienced that. And, um, I, I kind of forgave it because it's still pretty to look at, but I did have very that pretty. issue. Um, I did see it. I mentioned seeing it played in 4K, though, and that seemed to clear up that issue entirely. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that, that I can definitely see that making a difference. Um, and then my my second second con, I got three cons. Uh, I really, really, really wished for to be able to play this game with a keyboard and mouse. Um, I I'm terrible aiming with a controller, just absolutely terrible, and especially with a bow and arrow because it's all like timing. And stuff like at least with if you had like a machine gun, you like you'll hit with bullets once in a while. But it was all, you know, drawing back and letting go at the right time. And in this game, I feel like more than a lot of other games, you have to get headshots because you don't do very much damage hitting the body at all. It'll take five or six arrows to kill a guy uh, if you don't hit them in the head. So uh, I was absolutely terrible garbage. Uh, with my aiming uh, and I also really don't like the, the thumbsticks on the PS4 controller um, okay my thumbs always always slipped off of them that's why when when I had my PS4 I ended up putting Xbox one thumbsticks on it uh, which solved that problem a lot but I figured out it's because of the the resistance on them is so much more than the Xbox 360 Xbox one or uh, switch thumbsticks they're a lot more springy so that's why my thumbs slip off of them. So I was constantly having to replace my thumbs on the thing, and it was it was a hot mess, hot mess. Uh, so that really really hampered my enjoyment of the game, as I just couldn't kill anything ever. I had to well once again I had to rely on sneaking, um, and I it, I was very unsuccessful if I couldn't pick off a few guys without them noticing. Um, fighting the animals wasn't too bad because you could you know beat them or stab them with your spear but um if i had to kill a lot of guys with my bow it was just just a mess yeah and the ps4 does uh support 
keyboard and mouse, but it's up to, to the game developers to to put the keyboard and mouse support in their games. Because I know Final Fantasy uh, 14 has keyboard and mouse support on the PS4. So I would love to see that at some point. I don't think it will. Um, but actually, I, I Google searched these things, and they were uh both readily found on on reddits and forums for the game the field of view for the game and uh, and people wishing for a keyboard and a mouse so uh and then my third con was it reminded me uh, this is not necessarily a personal department but it reminded me a lot of far cry primal felt like i was playing a third person far cry primal um gave me a kind of been there done that type of feel when i was playing it uh, aside from the robot robots and stuff and, and ancient city ruins that obviously was different, but it did feel a lot like a lot of the abilities were the the exact same as Far Cry Primal. Um, so yeah, those are my cons. Pros, uh, graphics, mm. gorgeous Breath- game, gorgeous game. Uh, character models are very well done. Uh, the facial animations, uh, especially when going from uh, playing a lot of Mass Effect to Horizon Zero Dawn, are are fantastic. They are very well done. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about and I don't know if you noticed this, was uh, Aloy was voiced by the same person that did Chloe Price. That's how it, why I recognized the voice. I know I, I recognized it immediately. The very first time I heard Aloy speak as, as an adult, not when she was a, a okay. kid during this tutorial, I was like, that's Chloe, and I could not get Chloe. I, like, I couldn't separate the mm. two characters. It was very hard. I could see that, and I, I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't. I couldn't place it, but I was drawn yeah. to it, and I couldn't figure out why, but that must be why. Yeah, because she talks exactly like Chloe Price, too. Like, I I think of, like, Troy Baker games. Yeah. He does a lot better job of masking his voice in the different games that he, he voices. You can still tell it's Troy Baker, but it's not as close, where this was exactly like Chloe yeah. uh, from Life is Strange. Yep. So uh, that was that was a little bit weird. But I mean, it, she's a great voice actor. She did a great job. It was just too similar to Chloe for me. Um, oh, another thing I, I always complain about 30 frames per second. They did a great job of masking that in this game. It wasn't noticeable at all. I didn't get any frame rate drip drops or anything like that. I don't know what they did, but it worked really well. It's also a very polished game. Um, I didn't come across any jank other than some camera issues when I was like tumbling around and getting, uh, getting stuck on walls or not stuck on walls, but you know, you get, get yourself moved into a corner and the camera would like, I don't know jitter and but that was it um yeah mo- i mean mostly my enjoyment of the game was hampered by the the control issues that i personally was having that's my personal preference it's not uh control issues with the game because Corey, you probably wouldn't second that right nah yeah that was just me because i suck with the aiming with the controller and i mean suck like suck so overall how much did you play and do you really like it I played about 10 hours, probably. Okay. Um, and yeah, I do really like it. The world's really interesting. The story, I'm, I'm definitely into. Um, yeah, I do I do like it. Like I said, I, just, I don't think I can continue playing it because of how bad I am with the, with the, with the controls. I, I just never really? got better. I never got better. Huh. I That's just interesting. Think of, well, I, I mean, I think of even, even when I'm playing uh, Hanzo uh, on Overwatch and how bad I am at aiming a bow yeah. even with the keyboard and mouse which i'm used to and i i just couldn't and i you know go back to breath of the wild and i talked about this when we talked about that game but when i'm aiming i would get the 
reticle close to where I was aiming and then move the motion controls to finish aiming. So I, that I had no problem with that because I could use the the motion to get the headshots like I needed to. Okay. Um, if I had to rely solely on the thumbsticks to do it, I would be terrible with the bow in that game. But so you are done with it then? Pro- I think so. It, it's it's a hard game to play too because um, I either have to be upstairs by myself at night playing it, um, or dominate the TV. Okay. Um, at least like when I'm playing on my computer, you know, my wife can be watching yeah. the tv and and we're not uh, isolated from each other uh and then the switch obviously you can play on the switch so okay now do because of what happened with with foul and everything you're probably not going to play until dawn right now correct yeah or... probably not i mean if sunday night's out of the question because game of thrones is on uh, okay i would like to play that with her um, but yeah, I know you're not going to need your PlayStation for another few days, so we might we might be able to squeeze it in. It's not a super uh, long game, right? No, you can get it done in three, two, three sittings, really. Okay. Um, I like I don't I honestly do not care if you guys want to keep it another week, two weeks if you want to play it because um, Will's changed. He's not playing video <laughs> games anymore. Well. I I work a lot next week, and I might have to pick up more shifts to try and kind of write my my bank account. So, <laughs> hey, I'm on I'm on track to hit 70 hours of work this week. Oh my god, I don't miss that at all. Yeah, can you? Well, fortunately, I still get paid by the hour. But um, could you imagine? I was thinking about it, and I remember when when Pops famously put in a 110 hour work week. <laughs> And I'm trying, I'm thinking, I'm like, I feel like I've been working every second I've been awake this week. How in the hell do you work 110 hours? Granted, he had, you know, Sunday to Saturday kind of thing, but. Yeah. I I mean, I felt the same way when I was working two jobs. I would, you know, work eight hours at at one and then go work, you know, three to four, three to five at the next one. I Like you said, I felt like I was at work all the time. Yeah. It was awful. And that was, like you said, about 70 hours. Mm-hmm. Miserable. But anyway. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Horizon, like you said, it was my, my personal preferences that, that dampened my, my enjoyment of it, not not anything the game did. That's one I think that it would be good for me to watch someone else play it on, like, YouTube. That's where I would like to experience that game, so I don't have to worry about how terrible I am at aiming. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so I also played the Breath of the Wild DLC Pack 1, the Master Trials. I uh, tried out a few of the new things, the first being Hero's Path mode, uh, which is the green trail that the that your character, I guess, traces on the map as they explore it. Uh, it goes all the way back from when you first started the game. And you can, you know, fast forward and, and go backwards and, and watch how you progressed uh, starting at the very beginning. I th- it goes up to 200 hours. So if you're over 200 hours, it'll only go back 200 hours. I was uh, when I first started playing again, I was at I had played 95 hours of Breath of the Wild. So, wow. Um, yeah, I, I watched my progress from the beginning to where I was now, uh, which I noticed a couple things. First of all, that I died a lot more than I remembered. I died a lot, especially early on in the game. Really? All the time, yeah. Uh, and one of the times that uh, I was stuck in one spot and died like ten or twelve times was my first Lionel fight. Um, those are tough. It's the one where 
when you go to the Zora city and you have to get, you have to get like a lightning arrow, lightning arrow. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm going to kill this guy no matter what. And, you know, I fought him probably 12 or 15 times and died. And I was just like, ah, screw it. I'll just get the lightning arrows that I need and leave. And that's what I ended up doing. Yeah, I never ended up killing a Lionel because I just never... By the time that I had enough hearts and stamina and good weapons, I never attempted to fight another one. Yeah, I've I've killed a couple since then, but I've never okay. gone back and fought that initial one that I that I went after. But yeah, I died a lot. And then uh, another thing I noticed was that I didn't cover nearly as much ground as I thought I had. I thought I did a pretty good job of exploring everything. Uh, that is not the case. Um, a lot oh. of landscape left to, to look up. And uh, that's what I've been working on. Uh, since I started playing again, was exploring some of the places that I missed. Uh, and one thing I wanted to talk about, Corey, and you mentioned, I thought you think you brought this up a few weeks ago, was uh, how in a lot of cases when you're a game developer and you're making content for a game that people aren't seeing, it's wasted time. Hmm. Do you remember talking about that? No, not specifically. Yeah, it was you. it was you that brought it up, and I don't know what game you were talking about. Or it might not, it might have been Breath of the Wild, but it might not have been. But I was thinking that this hero's path is a good way to remedy that, especially in a game as large as Breath of the Wild. Like the first thing I did was see where I didn't go in the game. And that's where I'm going now. Like I found a really cool lagoon uh, with some neat puzzles in it and uh, uh, a shrine, mm-hmm. a couple Korok seeds. I'm like that. I never would have gone gone back to that spot, you know. <coughs> so I think so that's you're, really, you're literally really cool following feature. a path through the map. No, it no, it's it it if you look on the map in the screen, uh, uh, you know the the mini map, not mm-hmm. mini map. When you you know when you bring up the map in the game, it shows it's a green traced line where oh, you've been okay. and where you haven't been. Gotcha. Um, so I like I said, I looked at that and I was like, okay, I haven't been, I haven't seen this lagoon and this plateau, and so I'm going to go over there and explore that. And like I said, once you are over there, then it shows the green line of you being there, so you can tell where you have been and haven't been. Uh, and then I briefly tried the trial of the sword. The trial of the sword is uh, akin to eventide isle. You're, um, oh, yeah. you're given enough. It's like, I think it's 45 different room uh, dungeon for lack of a better word, uh, where you start with absolutely nothing. And, and the only stuff you have is stuff you gather or take with you uh, to the different levels um and once you die you're done you have to start all over again so i made it to like level nine i think before i died i was a little bit careless at the beginning um because i didn't know what was happening but now i think when i go back and start it again i'll I'll be a little more careful in what i was doing uh but it's really quite fun and you really have to use your uh experience to your advantage um be resourceful uh, you have to be very resourceful and it's been a while since i've played it so um, I've kind of got to relearn the controls a little bit and, uh, you know, learn the tricks of the trade because it's been a few months since I last played it. So, <clears throat> but yeah, I, it's definitely worth 10 bucks uh, for that piece. I mean, it's $20 for the whole expansion pack that I bought, but it's definitely, definitely worth 10 bucks. Nintendo nailing that DLC again, huh? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the next one's going to be like, but I definitely feel, oh, there's master mode in this one too. I haven't tried it, but. Uh, it's a more difficult version of the base game. So I'm I'm going to start that at some point, probably after I finish the Trials of the Sword. So that game's so good. Yeah, I love it. Um, I think that's all I have. 
Will, when can I borrow your Switch? <laughs> Probably when the semester starts. <laughs> Will and I were talking. Uh, we really messed up. If we were thinking, we would have bought brought the Switch to the top of uh, the summit of Whistler Mountain and played a few rounds of Mario Kart up there. Oh, you should have been taking pictures. That could have gone viral. I, yeah, exactly what I said. That would have been. That could have been something we promoted and everything. Yep. Yeah. I said, we like, we thinking. It, it might not be a roof party, but we're on top of a mountain. Yeah, it's it's, it's better. Yeah. Far better. It is. I just didn't think about it. Nope. Okay. Um, feedback? Yeah, I think so. I think we're in feedback, right? Oh, all right. Uh, looks like we got two pieces of feedback. First being from Tito, which I believe uh, is a voice uh, voice feedback. Oh, so he said he said he felt it was too long at ten minutes, so he did some editing and cut it in half. And we'll give part two next week. The topics are Horizon tips, which I could have used. I still have Will's PS4 if I decide I want to go back. Uh, PS4 love. Uh, next week is next Netflix recommendation and Breath of the Wild. So I will start that. Hey guys, it's Tito from LA. Um, I have a lot to talk about, so I'll try to be quick. Horizon tips for Dan and Will. Um, Dan, you're probably done playing Horizon, maybe? (laughs) Um, But tip number one I want to go over is the custom HUD is probably the best HUD in any video game I played because everything is pretty much customizable. You can set um, the way I played is I had everything set as dynamic, which made it hidden. Um, so I could just enjoy, you know, the view of Horizons. This is such, such a pretty game. Um, so there just wasn't anything cluttering the screen. Um, and if you wanted to see anything, you would just tap on the touchpad. This is where the touchpad on the controller comes in handy. Um, not to press it because that brings up the menu. But if you just lightly touch the, the surface of the touchpad, it'll bring up anything that you don't have hidden on your HUD for three to four seconds. So it's it's pretty much the perfect HUD because it's not a hassle to just quickly bring the compass up or the map up or you just slightly tap it and you can get the context that you need and then it will disappear by itself after just a few seconds. That way you're back to just playing on a HUDless screen, just enjoying the beauty of the game. Uh, number two is on the skill tree, there is a skill... Um, where you can remove the mods that you apply to your weapon and armor. Um, so uh, trying to go for that early on is pretty is pretty good because then um, once you find a better mod for a weapon or an armor, you won't be able to remove it early on on whatever you're wearing. Um, so trying to get that early on will just help you know keep your your weapons up to date with really powerful mods as you come across them. Number three is there's two skills that allow you to shoot two arrows and then the skill after that, three arrows at once. And a lot of people will think that's really useful for more damage, but the most efficient use of that skill is actually for status effects. Um, Applying burn or freeze or corruption to machines. Um, Instead of having to fire three arrows, you can just fire one shot, three arrows at the same time, and boom, you've pretty much applied 100% of that status effect uh, to a machine. So that's a really handy skill that I found on Reddit that I wish I had known about um, earlier. Um, which leads me to finish off 
here with uh, wanted to talk about the PS4 because it dawned on me how how much I love my PS4. And I don't think it gets enough credit because for the past two years, Sony and their, uh, with their PS4 lineup, they've been killing it. Like they have so many good games and exclusives. And that's evident with Will having to share his PS4 with Corey and Dan because they want to they play a certain game or whatever. Um, and I, I just don't think it gets enough credit. I just wanted to kind of mention how, you know, you have Persona 5, Until Dawn, you know, Uncharted, you can play Last of Us, Bloodborne, um, and right now, my gold standard, Horizon. And then there's the games that you guys never even got to and I never even played, but have also gotten really good reviews, like Neo is another game. Um, I think it's a solid console. It's amazing. The, the controller is great because it has the... It always had the audio jack. It has the touchpad, which allows, you know, for that great HUD on Horizon, um, which, you know, you won't be able to do on an Xbox. Also, it has the gyroscope, which the Simu emulator allows you to do the motion controls, much like your Wii U controller, because some of the shrines require motion controls to complete them. And now they, they finally, re- very, very recently, have, have it so that you can use your PlayStation 4 controller to mimic the motion control on a Wii U um i mean it's just i love my ps4 and Corey, if you're thinking about buying it i really can't recommend it enough i I don't see why not the games are on there i know eric is probably the only one that really doesn't touch his ps4 um but that's mainly because of who you play with and that's always going to dictate which console you're going to play on but also the the exclusives and right now ps4 has exclusives whereas the games that i think eric plays you technically could play it on the ps4 too i think because uh playing Madden and FIFA, which I think are available on the PS4. Um, so, I mean, that's all I just want to mention. Oh, and most importantly, two of your guys', two of the Thumbstick Athletes members' number one games, Rocket League, was free on the PS4. And right now you can pick up Until Dawn for free as well, which is just crazy. Um, but yeah, I think the PS4 deserves a lot of love. I know the Nintendo Switch is the new girl in the neighborhood it's the new kid on the block and so everyone is in love with that but i would say the past two years sony has been nailing it and kicking xbox's ass it's a great system i can't recommend it enough that's all i have to talk about and i'll see you guys around all right yeah i i when i was playing horizon um bloodborne was speaking to me and i'm like oh i i should just play bloodborne instead of this uh you know, being an action game, it's it, I like playing those types of games with a controller. So that one, and and he's right about Persona Five. That's another one that I'm like, do you didn't end up buying that, did you, Will? No, I there? didn't. Okay, that's another one that I was like, oh man, I wish, wish Will had Persona Five because I would have played that definitely instead of instead of Horizon. Um, because I keep hoping that it comes to PC. It's got to come to PC. I read today someone wants the persona three through five compilation for the pc PC. yeah because the they just apparently the ps3 version has been emulated to run on pc now i guess last year when they started working on it it was it would run but not well uh but they just completed it and it's it's finishable on uh emulator on pc now i just read that actually right before we started um, uh, interesting. Like, I would have thought at least one of them was on PC, like well, actually P- ported and released. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, 
I would like to see that though, because that they they are tending to go and and put old JRPGs on on PC, and the Persona series is one I've always really wanted to get into. <clears throat> I want to go back to Tito's first point, Dan, about the dynamic HUD in Horizon Zero Dawn. Do you think that might have solved any of your? I don't think so. I really like. No, I liked the HUD and how it looked. Um, like I said, it was stuff that was off camera that I was wasn't picking up when I was like sneaking and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 HUD I really liked, and I didn't feel the need to change it. Although I I do like the idea of the dynamic HUD that only pops up when you want it to. That's 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 neat. Yeah. Um. If if I do end up playing it again, I'll I'll definitely turn that that feature on. Yeah. And what do you mention? I'll have to look into that motion control thing because if it ends up working like the Switch's motion control with the bow and arrow, that might solve my aiming problems. Because that's how I aim uh, the bow in Breath of the Wild. Oh, so that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. I don't know if that's what he meant. Tito. Uh, he also left one. PS4 game off his list that is also pushing me to get a PS4 is the remaster of Final Fantasy 12. Yep. Oh yeah, that just came out. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh uh what's the word? I can't think of the phrase I'm looking for, but uh people love that game and yeah. it's it's re-reviewing pretty well, so mm-hmm. and it's one I've only played a couple hours of and you know, for all the the Final Fantasy I've played in my life. That's one I would really like to sink some time into and get into. That one will that'll be on PC. I I would think so. Yeah, I think it'll be a while. I bet they have some sort of agreement with with Sony uh, that it's uh, you know at least a three month exclusive or something like that. But I could see it by holiday being available for PC. Yeah, maybe even next year, early next year. Yeah. Uh, also the audio jack in the PS4 controller Tito mentioned, that's Mm -hmm. an underrated feature. And I didn't realize that until I had Will's PS4 and actually had a use for it multiple Mm -hmm. times. One time I was running the air conditioner behind me and it was really loud. So I just, you know, put my good headphones on and into the audio jack and, uh, was fully immersed. So yeah, I use that. I use that a lot when I had my PS4. Yeah. Plug, plug my head headphones into it. Just so, because I would always play at night, uh, and that was when we had the living room upstairs. I didn't want to make make noise for for the fam, so um, I would, yeah, always play with headphones on. Yep. Anything else? That's all I got on, uh, on Tito's. Uh, thanks, Tito. I look forward to hearing next week's. Let's see. Oh, we got a, we got a late feedback too, so we're up to three. Uh, this one's from Idaho Jake, who says, "Hey guys, I've been playing a ton of Marvel Heroes Omega on the PS4 and Xbox. It's a lot of fun. Plus, it's a game you can solo all the way through. I also started playing South Park Stick of Truth again, and it's just as good as before. I have a question: If you could have any weapon or item from a video game, what would it be? Now, for Idaho Jake's this day in gaming history, 2000, uh, Deus Ex was released was released on Max and in 2010 fruit ninja was released on the ipad i turned 37 yesterday and still one sexy beast thanks guys and winter is coming sunday <laughs> it sure is ha- happy wow. birthday jake yeah, yeah uh, happy birthday happy man. birthday i can't i can't even tell you how excited me and the wife are for game of thrones like i'm, I'm giddy like i have not been this excited for something in a very very long time so not since last season started 
when I could finally watch new episodes because uh, I I watched it in between the uh, you know was fifth between between when the fifth season finished and the sixth season started was when I first started watching it. So um, the sixth season was my first experience watching it live and and talking to everyone about it when you know as as the episodes happened. It was awesome. <clears throat> so I'm excited for that. Obviously, again for, is, for this is, is this the second to last season or is it second to last? Yep. Okay. And they're long episodes, right? Seven episodes. Seven episodes. They, I Super think they're episodes. all about about an hour. Next season, season eight is supposed to be feature length episodes, so they're going to be like movie length, like two hours. Sitting down to watch a movie every episode. I know. I'm I'm so so happy. That's great. But I, that that might be why they're waiting until 2019 to have the final season. That's been rumored. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. But me and Corey will do our uh, coverage. Right. Yeah, we will, but we're not doing any theory crafting. I no theory, that no, off. No theory crafting. We'll just recap the episode and give our thoughts. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna unsubscribe from the Game of Thrones subreddit after the season starts for that very reason. Because if I see them on there, I will be tempted to read them. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. So. I mean, it's it's fun, but it's like you either you either you're either wrong, which is no fun, right. or you're right. Which is even and less fun because it's yeah. not it's spoiled. No, I had a major event at the end of episode six spoiled for me a while ago when I read theories. So I, I saw that one coming like a mile away. I mean, it was still it was still cool to have it actually happen. But <clears throat> still, it would have been even cooler if, if my mind was just completely blown when I found that out, you know? Yeah. Uh, Deus Ex in 2000 released was released on Mac. I had the first Deus Ex on the original Xbox. I didn't play it on on. Well, we didn't have any Macs either. So, and then 2010 Fruit Ninja was released on the iPad. I've never played Fruit Ninja. Me neither. I played a lot of it. Did you? Yeah, it was like really popular when I was in high school. Yeah, it was. So we would, we would all play at lunch and stuff like that. Yeah, it was probably was it the first like uh, mobile game like ex- that exploded. Yeah, it was one of the early ones, from yeah. what I remember. Because, like, I had just gotten an iPhone, and I was like, oh, check out this new app sort of thing. Gotcha. Uh, South Park Stick of Truth, I would like to revisit before uh, before um, the new one comes out. Is that next year? Fractured Butthole. Yeah, I think it's supposed to come out early next year. They They delayed it again. Okay. Uh, so thanks, Jake. Uh, the next is from Cam, who says, Cameron, <clears throat> who says, hey, guys, had to sign off the live stream because the girlfriend hates it when I listen to things during supper. Sorry, man. <laughs> Hopefully like you've that, been able to. I, I like uh, that he listens during supper. Yeah, that's great. We're at your dinner table with you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first off, I'm glad to hear the trip was a success. Canada has a ton to offer, especially in terms of wildlife and nature. I'm always happy when visitors have, have had a good time. Uh, as for work, check the cic.gc.ca website for all your, all your, all you need on work permits. So there you go. Uh, second, not to defend air Canada because they are nation's most hated airline. However, Right now, we have a large swath of British Columbia, just west of where you guys were, is on yep. fire. And I know this is causing some heartaches for all the airlines in terms of routing planes and extra flights for all the evacuees from the interior of the province. 
that's a good sense. point. Yeah, true. That's a fair, fair, valid point that I hadn't considered. Yeah. Yeah, I was too busy just lashing out in anger at Eric. Sure. <laughs> Because we I were guess, in, we were in BC too for a little bit, and you know it's funny when you're on the outside, you're like, "What? Those people that are all upset can't consider all those poor people in British Columbia that are trying to get flights." But then when you're in it, like, I think you just have the blinders on and you don't consider that those other things. Yeah. Well, we're dumb Americans too. Exactly. We don't. That's we what. Don't that's know. what. That was the metaphor for what I was trying to say. You just didn't come out and say it. Right. <laughs> dumb Americans. I agree. Uh, on to what I played, more Titanfall 2. Not sure if they improved matchmaking, uh, but I found wait time is down for servers recently. Really liking this game. Then on to One Piece Pirate Warriors. Oh, Lord. Honestly, I could see myself enjoying this game if they sorted out the controls. They are absolutely awful, and your ability to rebind keys is cripplingly limited. Every time I went to bind my right-hand attack keys, they would say, reversed for 2P, no option for I'm never going to play two-player. So you're stuck with your hands cramped on the keyboard. No mouse support and no support for USB Xbox controller I have. I feel like it would play well on a controller, but there is no support. Neon Chrome is actually fun. I might try and finish it, but the procedural generated levels take away from a sense of achievement or continuity. Kind of a bummer. Then my new fixation started watching a guy on YouTube, Strategy Productions. He does some interesting videos about the state of gaming and specifically RPGs. After listening to him talk, I went and tried Sniper Elite 4 that I had gotten during the Steam summer sale. And after being uh, barraged by Strategy's philosophy, the game felt empty and I actually hated it. I did 30 minutes of it, was totally turned off, and did a return on Steam. Got my money back as Steam credits and bought Tyranny. It's a top-down RPG so far. I'm liking the slow pace and true RPG conversational elements. So I'm going to give that an honest shot and sink myself into that world for probably the next month or two. I'll let you know how it goes, Cameron. I briefly tried Tyranny. Corey, did you try Tyranny? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we did I re- an episode on it, didn't we? Or yeah, we did, I think. Did we did an, do an episode? Yeah, I liked what I played. I, it's just one of those games that I, I think I had it as the one that got away on my list of the one that got away last year. Um, I, for whatever reason, something came out or whatever, and I stopped playing it. Um, cause it's made by the same developer as, uh, Pillars of Eternity, Obsidian, uh, which I absolutely adored. Um, and I just never, never got around to playing more Tyranny, but I did really like what I played. It's fun to be the bad guy. It's good to be the king, you know? <laughs> um, that's it, right? I think that's everything. Yeah. I'm going to play Titanfall once it goes on the uh, Origin Access. I would Because I would like to hopefully blitz through the Battlefield 1 campaign and the Titanfall 2 campaign. I don't know if I'll end up playing any uh, online multiplayer like I did in the first Titanfall. Uh, but I did have a lot of fun with that. It was, it was a good time. Titanfall 2 is great. Yeah. Definitely yeah, worth I'll, playing. I'll play the campaign at the very least. Uh, so that's it for feedback. Game giveaway time? Yeah, let's yeah. hit it. Uh, and I think everybody has their games. Once again, if uh, if you don't... Yeah. yeah, if we're not caught up, let us know. Let me know. So we have three pieces of feedback. Pull up the random number generator. From one to three. Uh, Cam is three. Jake is two. Tito is one. Yep. Correct. And the winner is three... Which is Cam. Cameron. Cam, all right. Oh, I didn't call up the list. That was stupid. Cameron. I don't know if I don't know if you, 
I keep saying Cam, but I don't know if he goes by Cam. Or Cam, Cameron, Cammy, <laughs> tomato, tomato. I don't care what people call me as long as they don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> there you go. There you know, you the go. first time I heard that was this year. Oh, really? Yeah. That's an old, uh, is that, I feel like Steve Martin said that. No, not Steve Martin. <laughs> I don't know, but it, when I heard it, I was like, that's a really good saying. Why have I never heard that? I feel like it's from like an old like airplane movie or something is where I, when I first heard that. Yeah. So it's like from the 50s. It probably is. When we were on our trip, remember that other one, that revelation I had where I put two and two together? What was that word? Bat in the cave? No. Oh, uh, Hoser? <laughs> hoser. Yeah. Was it Hoser? It was Hoser. What yeah. did you not get about Hoser? Hoser. I don't remember now. What I don't remember the revelation now. I don't know. You were sitting by the mountains and you're like, I just realized what Hoser means, <laughs> or something like that. I mean, is it somebody? Like, it was like somebody who's fake or something like that. Poser. 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 Oh, okay. Po- okay, it was Poser. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. We were, we were taking pictures and somebody said pose, and then somebody said, Yeah, you poser. And that's when it clicked, and I was like, "Wait a second, a poser is somebody who's fake." And we I just, just <laughs> finally, like, it's when you realize breakfast is break, break fast. your fast. Yeah, yeah, mind gotcha. blowing. See, I was so nice. used to saying "hoser" at people like that whole trip that that's just what I'm automatically came into my head. <laughs> hoser. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Cameron, your first game is Monaco. Oh, okay which is a good game. And Dan, yep. that's in your library. So you're going to have to, if that's the one Cameron wants okay. uh, the second game. Oh, number one. What do we think? Number one is hoppy I feel like that's been up multiple times. I feel like we've given it away a bunch of times. Maybe not game. Number three, 48 is Jurassic park. The game. This is before telltale was good. Well, before so, Telltale made The Walking Dead, I should say. Oh, this is Telltale? Yeah, I think so. Right? They did, be- before yeah. the Back to the Future, right? Yeah, they did Jurassic Park and Back to the Future before before Walking Dead. Fourth game is 139, which is Anomaly Korea. Anomaly Korea. I have no idea what that is. Uh, time to look it up. And the fifth one is 61... Boyd, early access. Oh, B-O-I-D? Yep. That's Oof. a real-time strategy game. It's like a ba- uh, basic RTS. Is that out of early access at this point? Don't know. I don't mm-hmm. think so. Could have been Could have been ended by now. Who knows? Yeah. So, so uh, again, Cameron, your options are Boyd, Anomaly, Korea, Jurassic Park, The Game, Hopiko, and Monaco. Anomaly, Korea has a 6 out of 10 on Steam. Mm-hmm. But it has pretty good touch arcade uh, reviews. I guess the mobile app. Okay. For for like Android. Yep. Oh, it's it was ported to Steam. Yep. Oh, gotcha. It could be one of those when they did the Steam Android bundle thingies. Yeah, that's where that came from. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know what our topic is going to be for next week. I know the week after will be Splatoon two. Because that comes out next Friday, a week from tomorrow. I'm psyched for that. 
Oh, I have no money. Is Eric uh, getting Splatoon 2? Do we know? I can probably. ask him. I think he I said think... he wanted to buy things for his Switch, so he's probably getting yeah. it. Yeah. I um, will be uh, I will be playing Splatoon 2. Okay. Really? Me and, my, me and a couple of my coworkers set a date to play it. So nice. Next Friday. I bought a second uh, comfort grip so me and the wife can play it and I don't have to use the separated controllers. So I feel like that would get weird with the motion controls. So it was only 15 bucks. Uh, it took Amazon two weeks to get it to me, though, because mm. I'm my specific Amazon account doesn't have Prime. It's just my wife's. And I bought it through mine because I had to, had to redeem a gift card on there. So but two weeks is too long. I know it's free shipping or whatever on over 25 bucks, but get it together. Amazon. I had to make a call to them uh, yesterday. What? My school book situation. Uh, I put that off for like a month and then finally decided to deal with it. (laughs) I just said I was out of the country for a month. (laughs) There There you go. go. So I didn't see it until just now. Yeah. Of course. Gotcha. Okay. Anything else? Nope. Got nothing. All right, that'll do it for episode 312 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Well, Corey, thanks for listening and get out of my basement.